S-M-A-R-T. It's an acronym for creating to-do lists that helps you overcome any obstacle for achieving and thriving. What does SMART stand for, and how can you use it to drive your success? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Deb Rubin of Deb Rubin Coaching. She has more than 25 years of experience in the financial services industry and has lived to tell about it. But Deb's coaching is very interesting. And, you know, we thought a lot of us as we went into this quarantine period, cool, you know, we'll have extra time. We won't have to commute. We'll be able to work at our leisure. And for most of us, that hasn't worked out that way. In point of fact, most of us have more stuff to do then we have time to do it. So the question becomes, how do you manage and handle and prioritize all that stuff to be successful? And that's where Deb works with with all kinds of folks. So we asked her to come on the podcast and help us. Welcome, Deb. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, it's our pleasure. So one of the things that you often ask, and I'll start with that question, is what version of success are you working on? When you ask that question, what do you mean by it? It's a very powerful question. So many of the clients that I work with are very successful people on paper. When you look at society's definition of success, they have started businesses. They are successful in corporate America. They're making good money. They might have many of the physical trappings of success a beautiful home, a fancy car. But oftentimes what I find with these clients is that although on the outside they look successful, on the inside they don't feel that way. And so what I find with many, many people is they get caught up in what society's definition of success is. They are so busy running on life's treadmill that they don't ever stop and ask themselves if they're happy, when they do ask that question, they often don't like the answer. They often feel overworked and overwhelmed. They are tired and they're stressed. They're not spending their time doing the things that they love. And essentially, they've lost track of their values or bringing their values into their lives. So the question is a powerful one because it's not asking you, what definition of success will make you happy? It's asking you, what definition of success are you living by? And a lot of times what I need to do with people is start to unwind that, to help them identify their values, identify where they're honoring their values and where they've forgotten that they have particular values. 
help them to identify their values, conscious values, versus, again, societies or parental values that you've integrated in order to get validated. It's a very powerful exercise, but one that once completed creates clarity and allows people to align their lives and really live with a whole lot more engagement and joy. And I'm going to use a word that many of us strive for, peace. We'll get to some of the tools and techniques, but I mean, it sounds like to a large extent, we're our own worst enemies. Is that true? I say that all the time. So yes, we are our own worst enemies. When we succeed at doing something we want to do, we might feel happy for a minute, but we almost expect ourselves to be able to do that. One of the things that I find when I work with my clients is that it's the things that they didn't do well that they just obsess over. The talk track or the, I'll call it the movie reel that goes through your head when you lay your head down at night is often all the things you know you could have done better. And you beat yourself up over it. We don't learn how to celebrate our successes inside, hold on to them, feel good about them, and really embrace them. We move past them really quickly onto the next thing on the to-do list or that next goal. And so absolutely we're our worst enemies. Our minds are brilliant, brilliant creations, but they're also the source of a lot of struggle and personal pain. So do we set up our own limiting beliefs and kind of negative self-talk? It's such a wonderful question that you've just asked me. Limiting beliefs are a powerful thing. I'd like to just define them for your audience. Belief is a very powerful, powerful motivator. And oftentimes we integrate beliefs that we don't even know are there. And the way I like to describe or explain what a limiting belief is actually through a fun story Um, And I'd like to ask your audience to join me for a moment. Let's pretend like we are all little children. We are playing in the backyard of our homes. And we live in a neighborhood where moms sit out on the back porch and drink their coffee and do their work and let the children play. So let's pretend you're a child and you're in your backyard and you're playing one day and you see a snake. And you look up and you say to your mom, hey, mommy, look, a snake. And your mother absolutely freaks out. She runs down from the deck and she picks you up and she's screaming and she's hyperventilating and she runs into the house and she calls the exterminator and she's in a complete panic. That's your experience. Now, that little snake doesn't stop there. He continues to slither over to your best friend's backyard and your best friend is also playing in the backyard and your best friend says, hey, mommy, look, a snake. And your best friend's mommy comes down calmly with a big smile on her face. She's a biologist and she picks you up in her arms and she goes over to that snake and she tells you all the wonderful things you need to know about that snake. She's so excited and it's such an amazing experience. Now, fast forward into adulthood. What beliefs were created in that moment for those two children? It's very likely that the first child is not going to put camping on their list as the, the vacation they dream of. And creepy crawlies will always terrify them. Where the second child may love the outdoors and every time he or she is outdoors, 
feels this wonderful sense of warmth from that experience with his or her mom. So in that moment, beliefs were created. And for that first child, that belief, the limiting belief has to do with outdoors and being outside that will limit that person from experience the gloriousness and beauty of the outdoors. Those types of things happen in our lives, not because we had challenges in childhood, although we may have, we begin to integrate beliefs and those beliefs can hold us back. Those beliefs can hold us back from achieving our goals because we've integrated beliefs into our system that actually stop us from moving forward that we don't even know are there. So oftentimes it's the individual who needs to identify the beliefs that are holding them back from achieving what they want most, of course, by aligning and making sure that what they want most is really what they want most. The mind does things like that to us. So a limiting belief, for example, is one way our minds actually hold us back from achieving what we want most in life. And now a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, back to our discussion. Can a limiting belief be overcome by visualizing? I mean, a lot of us are familiar with the old story about the basketball team that practiced shooting free throws and got a little bit better, and the basketball team that closed their eyes and in their mind visualized themselves throwing the perfect free throw, and they got way better. So is, is that kind of visualization a useful tool if you're dealing with these limiting beliefs? Visualization is a great tool for bringing what you want into your life. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But there's even a simpler way to address limiting beliefs. First, you need to know that the limiting belief is there. And then you have to prove to yourself that that limiting belief is just that, a non-truth. So I'll give you a, a real life example with one of my clients. I have a client who didn't have a college degree. And she believed deep down inside herself, even though she had uh, had tremendous success professionally, that by not having a college degree, that would limit her professionally. When she went for interviews, it was always under the surface. And if she didn't get the job, in her mind, it always had to do with not having a college degree. So once we identified that that limiting belief was there, I gave her homework. And that homework was to go out onto the internet and search for successful people who did not have college degrees. And some of our most successful business owners in the whole world 
Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all these people who left college achieved unbelievable success through their power and through their genius and through their intelligence. Once you identify that a limiting belief is there and can prove to your mind that it's not real, that it's an untruth, it loses its power. So that's limiting beliefs. When it comes to visualization, I find that visualization is a tremendous tool to help clarify what it is that deep down inside you really want and how to bring that into your life. There's some wonderful tools out there. Vision boards is something that I love doing. Just this week, I conducted a vision board sharing night with a group of professionals where it was fascinating to see how they created their vision boards. But some of them created long-term goal vision boards about travel and homes and relationships and physical exercise and weight goals and really taking the time to clarify what they want to bring into their lives. A number of people in the workshop went more tactical, six to 12 months. How much money do I want to make? Um, What am I going to do with that money? Do I need date night with my spouse? How do I want to build relationships in my professional life or in my personal life? Laying it all out. A number of people in the workshop used a full board where they created a board that they will hang up in their home or in their office to look at throughout the day to essentially bring those things into their life. Others went very, very simple with basically taking a little index card and dividing it into pieces and writing either in pen or in marker what their goals were. And the level of energy, the level of excitement of going through that exercise was just tremendous. We don't take the time to do this. We all have professional goals. For some of us, we create our own. For some of us, our companies give us a sales goal that we aspire to achieve. And that's where it stops. We don't take the time to look at ourselves as a whole being with different facets of our lives. We don't align ourselves with what matters most. So, you know, I've seen people, very successful people on paper who are so unhappy, who are having trouble at home, who are snapping at their spouses, who are not achieving the kind of sex, excuse me, success in the workplace that they want, and they don't understand why. And often it's because they're chasing this goal that doesn't really align with who they are and what matters to them. And once they bring that into alignment, they take the time to bring it into alignment, life becomes fun again. Life becomes a joy instead of a chore. Uh, It's a huge, it's so fulfilling to watch. I love, love, love watching that type of transformation in people who are already incredibly successful. So once the mindfulness part of the equation is kind of done, or at least initially done, are there practical steps that that folks can take once they realize these things about themselves? And what are they? Absolutely. So I'm going to talk about tactical strategy. And the most common tactical strategy for achieving goals, some people are familiar with this and others are not, are actually called SMART goals. And SMART goals 
is a, is a process to allow you to achieve your goal. Any goal that you have that you can't utilize the SMART process for is a goal that most likely you won't achieve. So what is a SMART goal? The S stands for specific, very specific. So for example, I want to sell a whole lot more business next year. That's not a SMART goal. A SMART goal is I want to add 25 new clients. The next part of SMART is the M, and that's measurable. What measure or metric are you going to use to clarify your goal? So in the example I just used, it would be 25 new clients. Um, In a personal life, I want to lose weight. That's not a SMART goal. I want to lose 10 pounds. That's a SMART goal. The next part of SMART is achievable. And what I find is a lot of times people create these big, bold, bodacious goals that are huge. And when you ask them if that goal is achievable in light of their calendar, in light of their schedule, is it achievable? A lot of times the answer is no. So we have to go back to defining the goal. The goal has to be something that you can achieve. The R in my use of SMART is is relevant. What is the relevance of that goal? What will it do for you? We have so much junk on our to-do lists and we give all those things on our to-do list the same weight and it causes stress. So my question is, is that goal relevant? What is it going to do for you? How is it going to move your life forward, your career forward, your now clearly aligned success goals forward? And the last component of a SMART goal is the T, which is time. What is the time frame? So I have a SMART goal. I want to expand or sell X amount of new business. What does that mean? I want to add 25 new clients, specific. The measure is number of new clients, and I'll measure that as people who go through the due diligence process and actually establish new accounts with me. Is it achievable? I wholeheartedly believe in the time frame I'm going to allow it is. Is it relevant? What will this do for me? Based on my pipeline, based on my history, I know approximately what kind of revenue will be derived by adding 25 new clients. And that's very much in line with my overall goals and my overall strategy. And I'm going to give myself 12 months to do that, which is, again, in line with things that I've done before. It's a stretch, but it's doable. Now I have a SMART goal that I can actually execute on and begin to develop strategy around how am I going to do that would be another tier. You would use another tier, potentially, of SMART goals to achieve that larger goal. So now that you've brought up the T word, the to-do list, are to-do lists good or evil or both? And how do you create ones that actually help you achieve your SMART goal? Well, I always like to ask people this question. Do you have a to-do list? And everyone in our industry has a to-do list. And then I ask them a very important question. I'll ask you this question, David. When you have something that you are 1,000% committed to achieving, it is non-negotiable. 
It is something you are one, again, 1000% committed to achieving. Does that to-do ever end up on your to-do list? Well, I'm a type A, so everything ends up on my to-do list. (laughs) The vast majority of people will say no to that question. And the reason for it is, is because I'll say why, and they'll say, because I just do it. So what I find with many, many people is very much like your answer, which is, yes, everything goes on to to-do list. Everything goes on to to-do list. But often when I explore that, how often do you clear your to-do list? Very few people do. It's a list that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and often brings stress and anxiety, even thinking about a to-do list. So short to-do lists, things that you're going to execute on today or tomorrow that are not essentially a graveyard of things that you're going to do somewhere, sometime, yes, that's a good strategy. But having a to-do list that grows and grows and grows into this monster that actually often creates a sense of feeling stuck, I never get anything accomplished, those to-do lists are actually things that I suggest to people that they tear up. When you put something on your list, You want to determine how important it is. Is it a real goal? Can you create a smart element around it? Are you passionate about it? Will it make a difference in your life? And that is a really important measure before you, I'll say unconsciously, add something to that to-do list. And that's a great place to end our conversation for today. Deb Rubin of Deb Rubin Coaching. Deb, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Thank you so much for having me. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.